initially I did feel, oh, this is going to be tedious, like printing out bank statements and going through it. And I won't lie, it did take some time, but I did find that module quite powerful because it just enabled me to go through and realize what expenses we had that were reoccurring. And then it made me question, is that reoccurring expense necessary? Should I keep it? And if we do then keep it, are we getting the best price possible? Growing a successful trades business isn't about you being the best on the tools. It's about how you profit, plan, prepare and prosper so you can create a business that supports you and your family. Welcome to Profit First for Tradies. I am your host, Katie Crismali Marshall, and this is the podcast for tradies who are ready to transform their business from a cash-eating monster to a money-making machine. Let's dive in. Start out with is just a little bit about your business, what you do, where you're based. Yeah, absolutely. I'm obviously Tegan Fisher. Um, we are the managing directors, my husband and I, of Fisher Kitchens. And we are based in Woodside in the Adelaide Hills. So we primarily build kitchens for the residential market, but we also do other custom cabinetry like wardrobes, laundries, TV units, things like that as well. Awesome. And as you mentioned before, before doing Profit First in your business, business was going well. Yes. Yeah. Um, it truly was going well. So I wasn't reaching out to you, Katie, to um, like get some help because financially we were struggling. We had the money in the bank, but truly it was feeling confident to be able to spend that money when we could and knowing did we actually have the right amount of funds put aside for our staff in particular was one of my biggest concerns because we have an excellent team and I wanted to make sure that we were doing the right thing by them and nurturing them and looking after them. And how many staff do you have? Well, we currently have six full-time staff members and then Braden and I work part-time in the business myself too. So, And so for those six staff members, it was important to have their super paid, their long service leave accumulated and all of those things, which yeah. so many business owners don't think about simply because they can't, because they're going, you know, week to week type of thing. So it's great to know that that was something that's super important for you. And I think you're a good example of how easy it can be to put money aside for those things once you identify that that is a important step for you. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we were always very confident with putting superannuation funds aside and knowing we had enough for that, but really wanting to make sure that if they um, needed their holidays, we had a fund bucket aside for that and also for long service leave because we're starting to get some employees that have work for us for over five years now. So we just wanted to make sure that, um, yeah, we really have the right amount of funds allocated. So when they come to us and say, oh, I'd like to take my little service leave, we know that the money's there and it's not a stress. Yeah, you don't have to do that. So as you mentioned, so before we worked together, things were going well, plenty of work, money there, but just really that stress about do we have enough to cover all of those things. And then how did you come across Profit First and what made you reach out? Um, I had read, our business coach at the time had put us on to The Pumpkin Plan and I read that book, which is obviously by Mike McCallowitz. And I think I pronounced that correctly. You did, yes. <laughs> yes, so I read that book and then I saw that he had written some other books, including Profit First. And I had a little bit of a look at that and I thought, oh, this seems interesting 
but obviously it was based out of the United States and a few of the tax implications were different. And while I was doing some Googling, I stumbled on your book, Katie, which was Profit First for Tradies. And instantly I thought, oh, this might be my type of book. It sounds like it's suited to our business. So I actually downloaded the audio book and I just started listening to it. And when I listened to it, I thought, this makes a lot of sense. I think this is achievable and we could implement this in our business. So that's really how I stumbled across your work. Awesome. And so, yes, Mike is the author of Profit First and the creator of the Profit First system. And he's also the author of a number of other different business books. As you say, Pumpkin Plan, pretty much anything he has written is a great read and really, really recommend any of those as well for those who are interested in improving their business in all different sorts of areas. So from the time that you come across Profit First to the time you actually took action, do you remember how long that was? Uh, it would have been approximately 12 months. Yeah. So I I am a bit of a um, researcher, <laughs> um, which my husband always jokes about, um, gives me a little bit of grief about being the um, brains behind the business. <laughs> So I really wanted to make sure I felt comfortable and did a little bit of scoping out behind the scenes of your Facebook group, looked onto your website, looked at different testimonials, things like that. And during that time, um, we'd actually, I'd given birth to my son. So it was, I've sort of got a bit distracted in that early motherhood period. So that's why it took a little bit longer to really dive in and once he was um, like one and started childcare, I was like, okay, I've got that time to really start getting back into the business again and giving that a go. And that's when I officially reached out to you and thought, okay, let's um, dive in and make the investment and start the um, training modules. And I think that's a really good example. It Most people have come across my book or Mike's book over a period of time and it takes them a little while to dive in and that's certainly normal. I myself was like that from a business perspective. Now I've been in business over 10 years, so I'm much more quick at making decisions. But I certainly understand how investing in yourself and investing money out of a business that potentially you don't have a lot of is a big stretch sometime. And one thing I always say to my clients is, you will learn this. It isn't actually super difficult, but it's just new. It's just something that you haven't ever been taught before. And so many business owners, you know, they did their trade and they're excellent at their trade and they that's why they've got lots of clients, but nobody ever teaches you the numbers side of things. And that's where I come in and that's my, my specialty. And I love teaching people about their numbers and particularly about Profit First because it is such a simple system once it is set up correctly. If it's not set up correctly, you can certainly mess it up. But once you set it up correctly, it makes it so much easier. Um, so I just wanted to go through some of the benefits that you've seen in your business from implementing Profit First. Uh, certainly some of the benefits that we've seen from an initial point of view was that um, we're now paying ourselves profit. So that was a significant benefit in the business. As I said, at the start, we had the funds available, but we never truly felt confident on what we could draw from the business. And that was quite daunting. So we, instead of making a decision, we would just leave all our funds in the bank and 
put it aside for this rainy day and the rainy day never really came. <laughs> and so now we feel like obviously we've got a nice buffer still put aside for the rainy day, but we also feel very confident that at the end of each quarter that we can do a profit distribution and that we can pay ourselves profit. And that has been a really nice bonus of completing profit first, certainly. And that's certainly on top of you take your regular wage as well. Yes, both of us, um, Braden has a regular wage and I have a regular wage too. And then at the end of the quarter, we can pay ourselves a profit. Yeah, awesome. And that then flows into your personal life and allows you to not be so stressed over there either about your personal funds. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, it's it's really an added bonus. So at the end of the quarter, we're like, oh, what's something nice that we can have to um, work towards. So at the moment, we're currently um, renovating our property at home and we're putting on a new ensuite. And so at the end of the quarter, there was just some nice money aside and we realised, oh, we can put that towards some new tapware in our bathroom or we can use that for the new tiles and just little things like that, that it's just, it's nice to know that it's going towards something, not just put into another savings account. We're actually trying to make sure that we're using it and actually spending it on something for ourselves. So yeah, there's nothing wrong if you wanted to put it into a savings account, but we just want to make sure that we are using it for a purpose at the end of each quarter. And that's a good example as well. We can put it into our personal savings account and let it accumulate there, but the key is having a purpose for it. Yeah. So for accumulating funds, accumulate for a purpose, whether it be a holiday or an extension or a caravan or whatever it may be, rather than just going back to how you were and accumulating funds and not really in purpose. And that's sort of- we're very good at that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, well, so that's exciting to be able to have your ensuite um, Renault done. I recently did one of those as well. And as we would all know, things are expensive, even yeah. if we are in the trades. Yes, <laughs> certainly. Um, I guess that was one of the bonuses, as you asked about. But um, I think the other substantial bonus is that we now know exactly what we can redraw from the business, not just from a profit perspective, but also from a general day-to-day cash flow perspective. So for example, we recently got a call from our finance company and our finance company said, your machinery loan is about to be um, paid off and you will have a, a surplus in a balloon loan remaining. And he asked us if we wanted to refinance that balloon loan, if we wanted to pay it out. And we could just simply look through our accounts and clearly see that we had enough money sitting there in surplus that we could just answer the phone call and say, actually, we're going to pay it out. Hmm. Where 12 months ago, we would have sat there and would have been like, oh, I can see we've got the money there, but maybe we might need it for staff holidays. Maybe we might need it for material costs in the future. But because that's in our OPEX account bucket and we know we've got a substantial amount of funds that have built up, we're like, nope, that's part of our operating expenses. Let's pay out the remaining balance. And that feels really good. (laughs) And to know that we can do that is really cool. Again, taking away that mental energy, you know, to do that back and forth or maybe we could have, oh, what are we going to do? You can really clearly see. And in your business, equipment is a huge cost. Yes. Um, And so that was something that we talked about that if you have to replace a piece of machinery, 
it not only is the cost of the machinery, but then also the factory needs to close down for a period of time to be able to replace it and so on. So something that we talked about was having a bank account aside where some funds go in for that longer term yeah. uh, equipment. And it could be, in your case, it could be 10 years down the track. Yes. But having a little bit, and, and what I say to clients, you may not have the whole thing saved for, but at least you'll have a little bit, you'll have something towards it. And that then makes a huge, huge difference there. As well. I truly didn't think that that would be possible when you said about that. And already in the space of really, I started, I think I started working with you at around, I reckon it might've been probably around October last year. I can't quite remember from then until now, around about six months on to, yeah, to know that we can actually pay out a loan is yeah, very, very powerful. Yeah. There we go. Speaking of, I thought my husband would come back in. <laughs> That's okay. No worries. <laughs> and what was something that you didn't expect that you got out of the program? Oh, um, I think the thing that surprised me the most was your flexibility. I think you really led us, and I guess the best way to put it would be to fisherize the program. So for us, or it could be any business, but you really allowed us to work with what was suitable for our business. So for example, we realized that being in the manufacturing industry, our material costs were a lot higher than maybe some other trades. So you gave us that flexibility to change the percentages there and when I approached you and said, we realized that some of our, um, we were coordinating a lot of trades because that's what we do. And we we're realizing that we didn't have enough money in our materials fund to pay that. You were very flexible with that to let us tweak it for our business. And I wasn't expecting that flexibility. So each time I came to you and said, well, if this isn't quite working, Katie, how can we make this work for our business so we can continue using it? you would come up with a solution to help us. And that's really what's enabled us to keep using it. So I guess that would be something that I want to encourage other people to make sure they do, that they actually ask you those questions and don't just give up because they think, oh, this isn't working for my business. I'm just going to throw it out and make sure that they actually come to you and say, this isn't quite working. How can we make this work so I can continue using it? And one of my number one rule when I work with clients is you must ask questions. And I say that a thousand times, don't I? Yes. And this is why, because Profit First is an amazing framework, but how we get the most out of it is to customize it to each individual's business. And we only can do that. I can only help you do that if I get asked the question and be told that something's not quite working. And so that was a perfect example of that. And it's not you know, we've set it up for a particular way now for your business, but also that may change and adjust and adapt over time. So it's not like set and forget. It's always looking at, okay, this isn't quite working now. What do we need to do? Because our businesses evolve and the quicker we put up our hand, the quicker we can adjust it and the quicker we can get back on track with whatever it was that we were doing. And then what I wanted to ask about was with the training and with the modules, what was the one module, was was there one module that really stood out that you sort of helped? Um, definitely the expense review um, initially. I, I was um, quite surprised by that. It, initially, I did feel, oh, this is going to be tedious, like printing out bank statements and going through it. And I won't lie, it did take some time. 
But I did find that module quite powerful because it just enabled me to go through and realize what expenses we had that were reoccurring. And then it made me question, is that reoccurring expense necessary? Should I keep it? And if we do then keep it, are we getting the best price possible? And so I just had to do a bit of negotiating. So there was a few expenses that I actually got rid of that I just didn't even realize that we were on subscriptions for. And I thought about it. I'm like, oh, we haven't really used that very much, but yet we're on a monthly subscription for it. Let's get rid of it. If I need it again, I'll restart it. And just those little bits and pieces. So that was quite a powerful module for me. And I find it is the probably the hardest module for people because we don't, and I put myself in this same group, we don't want to often look at where we've wasted money. But one thing I always say is we can't go back and change the past. So let's just look at it, at it now and see what we can change and improve for the future. And let's not kick ourselves about what we could have, should have, would have done because we cannot change that. So yes, it is a little bit time consuming, but it is also, it helps you to make sure that the money that you are earning is actually getting kept in the business and not getting wasted, as you say, on subscriptions that you haven't used, or I'm going to use that again, and you haven't used it for nine months. They can be cancelled. They can be redone down the track. So that's a, I had, I always use the example, I had a client who I'd been encouraging to do an expense review for quite some time. And he didn't think he needed it. My expenses are pretty good. When he did it, he found a car insurance policy for about $72 a month that he'd had for like five years. He'd sold the car years and years before. (laughs) And um, he sort of wasn't very excited to tell me that. And I was like, this is why we need to do expense reviews. And it sounds ridiculous. And people go, I would never do that. The amount of times that we do an expense review and clients have a subscription or a car insurance policy that, of a car that's been sold, it's actually really common because it's those small amounts that we don't realise coming out that we just month after month, we we just miss it. And to do the expense review is just such a important step for everything. It makes everything so much easier. So now that you've got Profit First in the business, you've been able to pay out that loan You've been consistently paying yourself a profit. Your expenses are where they're at. So they're all amazing. And what has it done from like a personal perspective for you both? I guess for me, as the primary bookkeeper and accounts manager here, it's just given me a very quick way of seeing instantly where we're at financially. I mean, obviously, we, we use zero as our accounting software. Obviously, I can go into our balance sheets and I can look at those reports and things of that nature. And I, I could find out that, that information that way, but I'm not a trained accountant. And that is certainly something that I still find a bit challenging. But by looking at our bank accounts, it's a very quick snapshot and it just gives me that space to be able to breathe and know okay, we have enough money coming in. But also I think the really positive thing is, is it makes us realise, are we sending out enough invoices every month? And are those invoices coming in? Like I know that might seem like most businesses should know that, but sometimes you just look at your cash flow and it's like, oh, there's money coming in, everything's fine. But 
when you're doing that percentage allocation on a weekly basis, like you are, it's very clear exactly how much money is coming in, exactly how much you've invoiced. So I think we're far more thorough with our invoicing because if we don't invoice on time, then we don't have the money distributed to our materials account to then pay off our monthly accounts that we have. So it's really making us be more organised, which I think is a very positive thing. Where before we were always like, oh, we've got the money in our account. We'll just pay off all the invoices because we've got the money there, like the invoices owing. Now it's making us be far more organised and planned in advance. And I think that's a good point. Yes, it seems like a you know, that's a, a, a basic first step that everybody in business knows. And I think we all know it, but there's a difference between knowing it and actually sending out our invoices and getting our payments made. People come to me all the time, I've got a cash flow problem. And the first question I ask is about how their invoicing is and the amount of clients who, ah, oh, I do it once a week or I don't have time, I'm going to get to it. Um, this is just another step that highlights the fact of how important it is to actually carve out that time to do the invoicing. Because if you don't invoice, people cannot pay you. Absolutely. And as I said before, we were in that very fortunate bucket of businesses that we always had the buffer of funds available. So we always, we just didn't chase the invoices as much because we were just like, oh, well, we can pay our monthly accounts when the loan repayments come up, we can pay them off each month because we had the money there. And this has just really forced us to be more organised. But the beautiful part of that is we now have surplus funds available that we can pay out loans and things like that because we are so organised with our invoicing. And there's certainly tweaks. We're not perfect by any means, but it is far more smooth sailing than what it was 12 months ago. And I think the important thing here is as well is when everything's going well, it's fine to do it how you are doing it. Mm-hmm. But when things tighten up a little bit, and they will, everything goes up and down, then you have to jump into the, oh, gosh, I've got to invoice. How do I do that? And you've got to look at that whole process at a time when things are really stressful. So doing it now when things are going well means that when things do tighten up a little bit, you've already got your processes in place. You will know exactly where you are rather than chasing up clients down the track. So again, it's just a, such an important piece. It's such an easy, quick fix that so many businesses gloss over, unfortunately. So if I can finish off with one final question, if you had to give one piece of advice to those listening, what would that be? I think a lot of people put off reaching out for assistance from someone like yourself or a business coach because they think that once they've left school, that's it, learning's done. And I think what people need to realise is that learning is a lifelong process that might put you out of your comfort zone to be learning something new. It might be a bit time-consuming, but it really is worthwhile putting the effort into yourself because a lot of business owners will put their hours and sweat into the business, but they're not putting it into themselves to educate themselves, really. (laughs) So I think it's just really important that they remember that learning is lifelong and it's not an instant process. You, I would really say to put in at least a minimum of two quarters before you really see some difference and understand that. I mean, I can't wait till we get to the 12-month mark, but already completing two full quarters of this 
I'm feeling more confident than what I was when I started. The first quarter was really challenging and I remember my husband and I had a number of conversations and we're like, is this really working? Is this suitable to our business? And it's pushing through. So they would be the two things I would say to remember that you need to put in the time and the effort to your into yourself and your business and that you need to make sure that you stick it out for at least two quarters. That would be my advice. And I think the lifelong learner thing is such an important piece. That's something that I have always done for myself in my own businesses. There's only been a period of, say, a couple of years between my two children that I wasn't doing some other form of education as well. For me, I've always loved that. But I also understand that that is not everybody's default. And as you say, be un- getting uncomfortable and having to push through, it's not super fun sometimes. And I actually do say to clients, there will be a period of time where you won't like me very much because it will not feel very fun, but I promise you it gets better. Um, and they all nod nicely at me. And then once we're done, they're like, oh yeah, we weren't liking you for a period of time. And and that's okay. But as you say, push through, put in the time and effort, invest in yourself. I think that is such a key piece that we tend to not do. And particularly in the trades, you do your trade and then you go into business and then you just meant to figure it out yourself. But when you were day one in your apprenticeship, nobody thought that you could do something that a tradesman can do. So why do we think like that when we're in business? So yes, lifelong learners, that's um, key. So thank you. Thank you very much, Tegan. I'm so excited for you both that you have um, come such a long way taking a great business that you already had as you said and you've just made installed profit first made the tweaks made the changes and have so much more space to be able to think about other things rather than back and forth should we could we maybe how does this work it's much much clearer for you so thank you so much for having the chat with me today I can't wait to hear how it goes in the future as I always say to everybody always reach out if you have any questions happy to share any tweaks that I can see that will make it easier and simpler because that's what it's all about putting profit first in your business so things are simpler and easier Great. Um, you're most welcome Katie I'm more than happy to be speaking with you today and if anyone in the future has some questions and they would like to reach out uh, to a business that's implemented themselves, I'm more than happy to have a phone conversation or answer um, some emails if that helps future clients as well. Excellent. Thank you so much, Tegan. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Profit First for Tradies. If you want more, head over to profitfirstfortradies.com.au for the show notes and the links to today's free resources. And if you'd like to learn how to become a permanently profitable tradie and eliminate your cash flow problems, join us in the Profit First for Tradies Facebook group where I share tips, resources and trainings so you can save time, save money and save your sanity. You can learn more over at profitfirstfortradies.com.au. Catch you next time on the Profit First for Tradies podcast.